And I killed Sparky too. <laughs> it was Agatha all along. <laughs> oh my God. Discovering Miss Agatha Harkness. So I've never heard of this woman before in the comics. I've been obsessed with Agnes on WandaVision since day one. And to find out that she is really a witch just makes my heart sing. She is my quote for this week, played by Katherine Hahn. Oh my God, Agatha, do you know who, did you know who Harkness was before this show? I knew of that character. She doesn't look anything like, the, have you looked up the character, Rob, since? Yes. Yeah, if she's I an mean, old woman in the comic. Yeah, there are different variations. Obviously, MCU is going to do whatever they want with her. But yes, yeah, she definitely looks different. Have you? Were you aware of her before? I, I was aware of her, but I did not put two and two together because I think it was just like an obscure thing that I remembered from years ago that there was this character with a cat, a matter of fact. Although it seems like this time she's got a bunny, which is right up my alley. well i adore this character reading up on her this is so cool so she basically manipulates magic and uses that to great effect so in the comics her abilities included teleportation energy projection and even tapping into extra dimensionals for energy form or from other dimensions you know I love the idea of this character, and I love Catherine Hahn, and that line was everything, even though poor puppy, but I just love how she just added it at the end. It was amazing. That whole theme was amazing. The theme song, I am here for it. I loved it. The The monsters font that they <laughs> yes, used. Yes, yes, you noticed that. Great, yes. <laughs> so good, so good. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is Brunch with the Hollowells. We are doing another episode of season six. We are on episode five now. We're doing episode five, Loves a Witch. (laughs) This air date was October 19, 2003. This was written by Janine Renshaw and directed by Stuart Gillard. Guest stars include Balthazar Getty as Richard Montana. We have Rochelle, I'm hoping I'm saying her last name correctly, Lefebvre, Lefebvre as Olivia Calloway, and James Satorius as James Calloway, amongst other supporting cast. Paige takes a new temporary job of tending to an elderly woman, Miss Calloway. While playing Pinochle, she is hit by what she believes is an energy ball through the window. She returns home to find Phoebe meditating while levitating (laughs) and Piper vacuuming under her. Phoebe can't help but feel Piper's nervous energy and Paige's fear. She realizes that Paige wants her help, though Paige won't admit it. Chris orbs in looking for Leo. Phoebe feels that someone is trying to hide something from her, although she doesn't realize it's Chris. I feel like you're reading to like a kindergarten class. On <laughs> That's what day. I feel like. I really feel like that. You're talking um, to grown ass people here. You can read it out. I just want I I want to give the enthusiasm and the excitement of this scene right here. <laughs> so Chris looked fabulous in this episode, Rob. Were you feeling that blue shirt? 
with his hair looking extra, extra. It was fine it was very early two thousands where it's like hot as hell, and he's got this layered shirt on. No, I mean, but he always looks good. Something about this episode, I gotta say, the men in this episode, everyone was just bringing it. <laughs> I also love Grandma Calloway. I've loved her since I first saw this episode, I guess back in 2003, playing Pinochle with Paige. And I love when she says, the sons of bitches missed me. Um, (laughs) But I always wondered, she didn't seem like she cared either way that A, Paige was hit by an energy ball, and B, that it could, could have possibly exposed that whole family as witches. I mean, we didn't see what happened afterwards, but... Well, you know, so two things. It's also hilarious that the family across the street or, you know, presumably whoever threw the energy ball really targeted an old lady in a wheelchair like that is messed up. I mean, from a first view point of view, it's like, wow, you're going to aim for a grandma in a wheelchair. That doesn't get you many points. okay? that's an easy target. So I, I that was in itself. But, you know, Richard was able to detect that. Paige was a witch and I don't know if it's because she keeps being nosy around the family but maybe this family has a a way of sensing it on someone maybe because she wasn't too shocked either she kind of just looked up at them maybe and that could be it too that could be it too I've never I don't think I have a clear memory of ever playing Pinochle before I can't really say to myself exactly what it is so if I played it I don't remember playing it but yeah it's a game that I'm unfamiliar with have you played it before no, you know, and I always just remember it from this episode. Like, if I have heard it brought up once, maybe in the, God, 15 years or whatever long since this episode aired, and every time I hear Pinochle, it's this woman and Paige, the Pinochle girl, <laughs> but never played it, no. Gotcha, gotcha. So Pinochle is a game about trick-taking and it's typically two to four players, and you play with a 48-card deck. I really can't find out really too much of the rules. It doesn't really give much detail. So I'm assuming it's one of these older games that are possibly retired. Well, we'll have to learn how to play and see if it, if it works. I'm sure a YouTube video is up somewhere that'll teach us. <laughs> also, Rob, for years... One of the things that I dislike most is when Charmed pulls the page once a life outside of her sister's storyline. And they usually do this about once a season randomly out of (laughs) anywhere. All of a sudden she wants to move out or she's feeling smothered. Yes, she was an only child for many years, but it just seems like they always pull this out of nowhere. Do you notice that, Rob? It's like a trope. so the thing with this this page and, and just sort of being independent, I th- she comes in this phase where she's like, I want to be a super witch. I want to learn the craft. I want to, you know, get to know the sisters, everything. And then all of a sudden she always gets into this phase where she wants to have a life of her own. And, you know, w- yes, we've gone through this. And I understand that just doing it once, it's not some, I mean, in life, it do- it could happen more than once. But it, I don't know, it's just the, their execution. Like, she kind of does it in this sneaky way as if she doesn't want to tell the sisters or that yes. it's something new. It does feel a little repetitive sometimes. And, you know, given that she's been a witch now for over two years, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly 
what it is that she's trying to do now. Cause I, I do get the job thing and I do get that she's trying to do her own thing. To my understanding, nothing stopped her. I mean, she's no. the one trying to be all super witch and nobody told her that she has to stay home. I know, see, the last time I think we dealt with this is that she, you know, she had to deal with the baby and be this perfect aunt and all of this stuff. And I get it. We have kind of been over it. So I think it's the execution and the way that they kind of revert back to her independence. I think it can be done a little bit better. That's that's that, my take. You sum that up beautifully because it seems like they almost do it just like, okay, yes, Paige is the super witch. She wants to do everything and she's looking for a job. So we're just going to throw it in there that she, but leading up to this, you're right. She's the one who wanted to stay home. She's the one who quit her job to focus on being a witch. So I just always dislike this plot element of, of Paige's. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about the beginning. I found the beginning scenes of this was hilarious, especially the kitchen scene. <laughs> so as she's at the Tim agency looking for a job, I love how the guy was like, computer programmer? Mm, yeah, I don't think so. So <laughs> and rude. And Paige's face, Paige's face was just like, excuse me, bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And again, this is no shade to Paige. I'm, she's a smart gal, so it's, you know, but it's funny how somebody can look at her and just be like, nope, I don't think so. Either that or it's like, yeah, I don't think you'll have fun or whatever. But it was insinuating sort of the smarts. When Paige wants to go back to the house, Phoebe's like, you're scared to death. I can feel it. Why are you going back? And then she orbs an apple into her mouth. <laughs> love that. I kind of forgot about that. But what I love, I love this. So she leaves the room and Piper says her thing. And then Phoebe takes a bite out of it. Did you notice that Holly sort of smirked or laughed as she kind of walked yes. away? So yes. that was actually done on accident and the writers decided to keep it in. It was not scripted for oh, her to laugh at her. Cute. So Alyssa taking a bite out of the apple. I don't even know if that was ad lib, but Holly honestly almost broke character and she walked away and she and they kept that in. I just thought that was funny. And her smirk, I thought, was hilarious. Piper is going out on a date now. I can't remember if I was ready for that when I first watched this. But to just say out of the blue in this episode, yeah, Piper has a hot date. You know, there was no kind of setup. Her and Leo didn't have a conversation. You know, dating while you have marital problems and you're not fully divorced or whatever like that. I don't know why it's always been something that's a little weird to me. I I personally don't get it. I'm I would never judge anybody who does it. I just don't know exactly what you get out of dating someone when there's no possibility of it going anywhere. Right. Right. You're wasting that person's time. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I understand the purpose of like going out on dates and having fun, but unless that's literally conveyed at the beginning of the date, I don't see the point in doing it. We'll get to the, the date part and how she handled it. But I mean, what do you think about people who are like having problems in their relationship and then just dating on the side, like a separation or whatever? Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. This is it's tricky, um, especially with the character of Piper. I feel like it is almost so soon. I mean, we don't know time wise how long this has been going on, but it does feel like it comes out of left field and... Does she really think that she's going to have the time to have a real life, especially now with Leo out of the house and things going on with Wyatt being in danger? 
I don't think this is the right time, especially since she's not even divorced yet. It just seems so rushed. Well, the sisters are encouraging it and they want her to get out there and have fun. I mean, I guess there's more to just being a mother. Like you should put time to yourself. It's just the expectation of the other person and what they are looking for. So again, we'll get to it. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of get your initial thought on that. So Chris tries to purchase a potion to hide a secret. The shop owner will need weeks to prepare it because the potion requires a rare egg found in a swampland. So Chris agrees to get the shop owner the egg he requires as long as the potion is ready by the time he returns. So first thing about the sorcerer, he has a very unique voice. And for those of you who are fans of Avatar The Last Airbender animated series, you will recognize this very wise voice as uncle to Prince Zuko of the Fire Tribe. His voice is very, very distinctive, and I recognize his voice right away. I personally just started Avatar. I'm still on the first season. Yeah. So I know of this man's voice. So the minute I heard it, I was like, oh my God, that's uncle. But here's another thing that people may not know. The fact that most of the scenes with uh, this sorcerer is with Chris there is a bit of a reunion there. The two of them have worked together on another WB show that uh, Drew Fuller was in called Black Sash. And the sorcerer, who is named Mako, Mako played Master Lee in the show. So those two already have a connection, and I found that reunion to be kind of cool. Love that. I love that. (laughs) So when Paige returns to Miss Calloway, however, she runs into Richard Montana, a neighbor who claims to be a witch. He tells Paige that two houses of Calloway and Montana are feuding and has seen many magical beings attempt to stop the feud, but to no avail. He saves her from an energy ball thrown between the two houses. Balthazar Getty. Love the man's name. I love his name so much. It's just it's so catchy. I remember him from the TV show Pasadena. I don't know if you oh. remember this this primetime soap drama. I freaking loved Pasadena so much. This is where I first met him. And then after Charm, he did Brothers and Sisters. Oh, so I was like, love I am never love going to forget this man's name or this actor for as long as I live since then. We, re- we meet Richard. What is your initial reaction to Richard? I was very excited in this episode back in 2003. I thought he was attractive right away. I liked the idea that he was already inclined to magic. And I was so excited to see what was going to happen with him and Paige. Because you could tell the chemistry right away. Don't you also love that Leo has all this spare time to be spying on Chris when he could be at home trying to fix his marriage? Amen. I thought becoming becoming an elder was going to keep him from the house. Mm -hmm. This man has been over to babysit so many times. Now he's spying on Chris. It's like you could be at home. Like nothing's changed. You like I I just find this funny. I just find this. I know, Rob, you ain't the one to gossip, but (laughs) (laughs) that man should be home with his child. That's exactly right. He's got so much time. He's always popping up following Chris. And speaking of Leo, I want to say I thought he looked extra handsome in this episode. I don't know what it is. Like I said about Chris, maybe they had extra rest between this episode and the last (laughs) one that was filmed, but they both looked fantastic. And I do love the idea of which families out there besides the charmed ones. Honestly, I think 
that was something that I wish that they would have explored more in Charm. Yeah, Rival yeah. witches, witches' families, other witches besides the Charmed ones. What do they do? Do they fight evil? What powers do they have? Love the idea of other witches. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Phoebe tells Piper to get ready for her date. Phoebe talks about how difficult it is to ignore that Paige is scared to death and she feels the mood swings of all three sisters at once. Piper leaves for her date and warns Phoebe not to disturb Paige. However, as soon as Piper leaves, Phoebe calls Chris to look after the baby while Phoebe goes out. Leo also orbs in and appears to be following Chris. He finds out that he finds where Piper is, in fact, on a date. Phoebe detects that he is hurting, but also that there is tension between Chris and Leo. Phoebe casts a spell to help Paige. Lead me back from whence this came. Help me help my sister's pain. So Rob, I never understood in this episode was another thing. This is going back from 2003. God, we're old. <laughs> Why Paige was so scared to death over this, and Phoebe kept saying, at least, I know she's feeling her emotions, but what was it about this that was the scariest thing that they've ever faced? Like, all Phoebe kept saying was, Paige is scared to death. Paige is scared to death. I'm like, this is not the worst thing Paige has faced. Believe me, well, two rival I mean, witch families. <laughs> I think that Phoebe does get a little, you know, dramatic in her storytelling. But being an empath, I think that she can literally detect what's going on. And as far as being scared to death, I think that shows a little bit of empathy on Paige's part that this family's in danger. She can't help. She feels that she has to help. And also for her life, because the woman just keeps getting shot at. So... I am going to assume that's kind of where the scary part comes in is that mm. she's putting herself in harm's way and trying to do it all on her own. So, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. That makes it that that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> I also do love, though, this Phoebe, Rob, when we get the caring Phoebe that's so into her sister's helping Piper get ready for her date. So excited that she's going on the date, hiding behind the door. That's one of my favorite scenes when she's talking to Piper behind the door. This is the Phoebe that I love and I wish we got to see more of. The fun Phoebe, not the working Phoebe. I, I do agree. I do have in my notes that I thought that uh, Piper and Phoebe had a really nice sister moment with the helping of the makeup and encouraging her to go out and have fun. I did enjoy that quite a bit. And yeah, the, the zany sister you know, role of hiding behind the door. He's like, I, I can, I can feel that he likes you. I, I can sense it. I, yeah, it was really cute. It was really cute. <laughs> and she just folds up against the wall, like to hide herself. Phoebe again, hiding behind objects, plants, I napkins, know, right? there we go. Doors. Starting a trend. <laughs> so Piper's date. Um, this is played by Michael Maloney. I think his name was. And, this man actually worked with Alyssa on a different show called Mistresses. Very small world. But the whole time, I thought that this was the guy, the the one who played the brother on the show Weeds. And <laughs> I could see that. Okay, so yeah. The, the gentleman on Weeds is Justin Kirk. And I swear to you, this was the same guy. I'm going to post pictures of these two side by side on Instagram and you can decide for yourself. But to me, they look 
so similar that I thought it was him the whole time. The other thing that I notice is Phoebe tells Piper, well, you dated a demon, a ghost, and a warlock. I don't remember her ever dating a demon. No. Right, because we know warlock from the first episode. Jeremy was a warlock. Yeah. I don't recall her dating a demon unless she's trying to call my neighbor Dan a demon. So F her if she's trying to call out Dan because Dan is no demon. He is an angel and an You know Phoebe wanted God. some of that too. She wasn't going to call him a demon. She better not be talking about my Dan. But yeah, I don't remember her dating a demon just yet. So Well, maybe if anyone out there remembers, send in a voicemail to the Brunch yes, with the Hollowells line. Definitely let me know. <laughs> Richard gives Paige a healing potion. However, Paige is still skeptical. Richard tells Paige that the energy ball fired at Miss Calloway didn't come from them, the Montanas, and that it was a setup. He tells Paige about the history of the feud and that he doesn't curse non-magical beings anymore. He was engaged to a woman from the other family, Olivia Calloway, who had wanted peace but was killed in the crossfire the year before. He wants to keep the truce alive for her, and Paige believes she has discovered the reason why she was given this job. Shortly after, Olivia's ghost appears to Richard's father, angry for having her life and love taken away, and blasts him with a plasma ball, different from an energy ball. She is counting on the Charmed Ones to come after her, And Paige thinks that the Calloways killed him. And Phoebe, however, was in the Calloways' house and felt no murderous anger from them. So, I am very surprised that Paige could not see Olivia as she was front and center inside of this room before she went to the dad. And I'm like, I don't know if she's a different type of ghost that they can't see, but Paige should have been able to see Olivia. Yes, as we know from Phoebe in first season when she goes to Alcatraz, was it? Yeah. And witches yeah, exactly. can see ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy, well, not enjoy, but I did love the effect of the Montana patriarch, the dad, the, the way that his stomach was oh. like bruised in the makeup there. I really appreciated that look. That It looked pretty cool. You know, we actually spoke about this recently on the Brunch with the Hollowell Patreon page on the unaired pilot, how we loved the makeup effects in the first episode and how gruesome and how realistic they looked. And I thought of that right away in this episode with that father as well. I love that effect. It shows how brutal his death was. So do you get... I mean, this has been a debate for years, I'm sure, Rob, but this plot with Richard, since he mentions that he doesn't use magic anymore, did you always get the Willow storyline from this with Willow on Buffy, her magic addiction, Richard's issues? Yeah, I don't remember the timeline, but yes, this is very similar, that magic can be as as a vice and as addicting as any other disease that's out there, including alcohol. So yes, this is a definite vibe of what Willow is going through. And speaking of that, speaking of alcohol, I do love that Paige, you know, has issues herself with substances, and she wants to help Richard because she's been through this. And I think that's another reason why she wants to help as well. Not just because she's a good person and she's attracted to him, but I think she sees maybe something of herself in him and wants to help. Yeah, good call. At the restaurant, Piper is on her date and orders her meal, giving specific cooking instructions. She's nervous and her date can tell and tries to reassure her. 
Chris appears covered in mud to talk to Piper about Paige and Phoebe. Phoebe and Paige are arguing about Phoebe being involved. Paige is upset that Phoebe did get involved, and even more upset that Phoebe doesn't think the Calloways killed the Montana's father. Piper believes that the third par- a third party is behind the two attacks. Chris suggests that Leo mediate between the two families. And then Chris appears at the potion shop with the egg. The potion maker cracks the eggs into the potion, which flames. Did you notice that the restaurant that Piper went to on her date was Quake? Quake! (laughs) Oh my god. That arch was so familiar. The minute it hit, I was like, oh my god, that's Quake. But I wonder if it is canon and that the restaurant Quake turned into this restaurant. I would love that if they thought of that. Or do you think it's just using the same location as a different restaurant? I want to say now in my head, you're right. Quake went out of business after Piper left now, and that's it. But you know, charmed at this point with continuity. So I'm sure they were like, we need the restaurant. Oh, here we go. We got the restaurant. I totally noticed that was Quake. Yes. If you guys look, that arch is the same. Nothing has changed. Yeah, it was very cool to see that. Oh, Quake. Okay, so I haven't had this too often. I've been with friends that might have been like this at restaurants, but Rob, have you ever been on a date with someone who's ordered like this or have been rude to the waiter or the waitress or maybe made the you feel uncomfortable with how they're talking to people? Um, if memory serves me, I don't think I've been on a date with somebody this evasive. I will say two things. First... Out of Piper's whole order, the only thing that I will definitely stand for is the fact that she asked for the steak to be cooked after a certain other item was cooked because just having the steak sit there while you fix something else to put on the plate is kind of horrible. So I love that order of operation and good for her for pointing that out because I'm sure most restaurants don't look at it that way and they just do it as they go. And so, yeah, I don't want my meat to dry out just because I'm waiting for taters to get on the plate. Like, you better do that in order. Make sure that shit is fresh the minute it hits. But to answer your question, there was one time that I was on a date with somebody And we were kind of walking around trying to find a place to eat. And it was a little late. And we went into this sort of bar slash restaurant. And he goes up to the counter and he asks the bartender if their kitchen is still open. He politely declines, as I'm sure they have a policy or a rule that the kitchen closes at a certain time. He said, no, the kitchen is not open. And this man turned away and stormed off like he was just insulted. And he didn't really say like a word about it. But you can tell that the way that he excused himself was that he was super pissed and disappointed that he was turned away. I caught that and I will never forget it. (laughs) Thank God. Because that's not a personal thing against him. That's just the... the hours of operation mr man (laughs) yeah so yeah that's probably as close as i've gotten that i can remember but i mean yeah (laughs) i for one am not rude to sir and in fact i always make sure that i learn their name if i remember it that's a goal but at the same time i always ask they are people they are not robots they are not machines they are not screen boxes they are literal human beings i learn everyone's name 
I don't need to be polite and like have like a life story or anything like that, but I will at least learn their name. You know what that just reminded me of? I didn't go on a date with somebody, but I knew somebody who was friends with somebody that they would put, let's just say, like a $20 bill on the table as a t- and say, this is your tip. And for every minute or something that you don't do with something right, I'm going to oh. deplete from it. Oh, no. No, that's, I yeah, like I don't that's I can't imagine how people have bowls to do this to people other people. <laughs> well, not not that Piper same... was doing this at all by any means, but Well, it's it's the same type of people who are like, My tax dollars pay for your salary, so I own you. No. Oh. It doesn't work that way. I can't stand people like that. And I do apologize if any of you are listening who say that, but it's a little shitty. It's it's a little shitty. But, I mean, no, I'm not the boss of anyone. Yes, I may pay for your salary, but, I mean, we're all in this together. It's, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't live by that mantra, put it that way. So, one thing that I will say, though, is that during the state, as we said earlier, Piper was very honest about exactly what is happening. I'm very nervous. I'm just, you know, sort of separated from my husband. And, you know, she literally asks him, Do you, so I guess you don't mind being a guinea pig. Now, I personally would not go on the date if I knew that I was going to be the guinea pig based on exactly what it is that I'm looking for. I do understand that people need to get their feet wet before they can actually go on the date, on a date with somebody that they're actually interested in. But I have been victim to many, many rebound men and people who want to try something different. I've dated assholes all my life. I want to date a nice guy, somebody different, somebody black. Like I always end up being somebody's test drive before they actually go out and really understand what it is that they want. And I'm just continuously just going out on these empty dates. And like I said, practice makes perfect, but I would not choose to do that. So I appreciate that Piper decided to really be honest about this, but he did expect her to at least be divorced. And she's like, and so it's another thing that I was saying earlier. It's like, yeah, I don't mind having fun, not putting any pressure on it, but is there no options to this date? Am I really just like paying for, I mean, so again, it's just weird. I need more of an education on this type of topic. I just don't get it. When, you know, people are being, you know, going out on dates as guinea pigs, it's just, it's just kind of weird. But I love the fact that she was honest. On the date, though, when she dropped that bomb, yes. Oh, I am not divorced. What do you mean? <laughs> and Chris, though. Oh, my God, Chris. Seriously, dude. Yeah, I'm from the future. That is such a dick move. I mean, we all know why he's doing it. But at the same time, like... I love how he gets super possessive. He's like, oh, you really don't. And you know what's funny? I'm looking back, still had no clue. Still had no clue. I don't think this was the episode that tipped me off. I still need more clues after this. This still did not help with the theory. And I don't know why this went over my head, but I had no idea. Honestly, I I remember disliking Chris a lot after this episode with the egg thing. And the whole plot that we're going to finish later. But I remember not trusting him more after this. Paige goes back to the Montanas to find Richard using magic. She tries to convince him to stop. However, he tells her to go and save an innocent or something. <laughs> she decides to threaten She decides to threaten him. 
saying she'll orb him to purgatory if he doesn't try to talk to the Calloways. So I remember you mentioning this. This is one of your notes that I noticed that I thought was so funny. You were saying how this woman just orbs in without notice or knocking or anything. Like she's she's apparently reached <laughs> that level with him to where she can just orb into his house. It's like, whatever. I totally agree with you on this. I love your notes on this. This is so funny. I love it. So Piper works magic on the blouse that Paige was wearing when she was attacked and determines that she was hit by a plasma ball, which occurs only on a ga- go- ghastly, on a ghostly plane. A ghost had attacked her, and the sisters go to the two families and perform a seance, although the families are very skeptical and think it is a trick. Unknown spirit, we call to thee, those who wish to set you free. Cross on over so we may help. Come to us. Reveal yourself. Olivia appears and says that she was attacked by the Montanas. The Calloways had thought that one of her own had killed her. And she is angry that she wasn't avenged and vows that her and Richard will be together and blasting air which breaks the bond. Earlier to your uh, scene with Richard and Paige... I think this is about the third outfit costume change that Paige that Paige has gone through in a matter of like five minutes because she keeps getting hit with energy balls. That and she wants to impress Richard too. She's like, hmm, two for one. Yeah. I mean, let him let him, in one day he'll see me in four different outfits. <laughs> so you do understand why Piper thinks it wasn't an energy ball, right? No, because I did this happen prior to them finding out it was a ghost. So they decided on the seance because of the fact they found out it was a ghost that was doing all of this stuff. But wasn't it because they she tested the the blouse to oh, see so if it had? So I'm like, how did she even know? Like, would you think that they get attacked with energy balls daily? Like, what was it that made her think this time it's not an energy ball, it's a ghost? That's like things so, like that. The only thing that I can think of, and I think they may have mentioned it, I would have to play the video back, unfortunately, but from my understanding, I think Piper wanted to see exactly what type of energy ball, maybe it would tell her, not necessarily the type of demon, but maybe the the level of demon, maybe. Um, or I think, I think what it was, I think what it was is that she may not have known that it was a ghost, but the fact that Phoebe kept pressing on the fact that it wasn't the Callaways, she wanted to examine exactly where the energy ball came from. So I think it was the Phoebe putting in the notion that it may not have been him. So I think that's why she felt suspicious. Smart Rob and also smart Piper. There's a smart, smart, smart. After the seance, Olivia possesses Paige. She then goes to Richard and flirts with him, suggesting that they kill off everyone else in both families. Richard is wary of Olivia, saying that she's changed and seems bitter. Paige slash Olivia, however, defends herself, saying that she is angry and lonely. Chris is ready to receive his potion, and the potion maker warns him of side effects. But a suspicious Leo appears. He set Chris up. Chris claims that the potion is meant for the sisters, so they could keep their secrets from Phoebe. He gives the potion to Leo as Piper calls for him. After Leo orbs away, Chris asks the shop owner for another potion. I have to say, I think 
the the scene with Paige being possessed by Olivia and walking away in slow motion was I just really like that for some reason. <laughs> stood out to you, huh? It stood out. I don't know why. Maybe because Charmed usually doesn't do the slow motion thing too often like that. But I love that. I love the sexy kiss that Paige slash Olivia and Richard have. Like, I feel it. <laughs> My thing with that was like, Olivia, he's kissing Paige, not you. Wouldn't she still be pissed? But oh, I get yeah. it. I would be pissed. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're going to kiss some girl. I thought you were in love with, you know, so I'm surprised she wasn't still pissed off. But um, I know I totally get it. And I do love the appearance of the banishing a ghost smell spell from the Book of Shadows. Just a little callback to the previous seasons and their adventures. So the Calloways attack the Montanas. The two families hurl energy balls and potions at each other. Piper and Phoebe appear as the fighting dies down. Richard is injured in the fighting and his mother is also hit. And Paige calling herself Olivia in earshot of the sisters orbs Richard into a sarcophagus. Olivia Paige is talking to Richard saying that she will have him in death if not alive. She tells him to let it happen. However, Richard does not want it and pleads with Olivia not to let him die. This was such a creepy image. Hell fucking no. This coffin, him turning to see her body, and, and oh my god. Do you see how much room? This woman had a queen-size coffin. That had room for like three people. I was like, who does she expect to be laying next to her later on? Why does she get all that room? I was like, damn, go ahead. <laughs> that was definitely a three-size coffin. <laughs> three people coffin, definitely. Ryan, you mentioned something to me off record about energy balls and having like demonic power. So energy balls are only used by demonic, I mean, demons, right? So this is what I pulled from from the Book of Shadows is basically energy balls are spheres of magic energy, which resembles electric discharge. The ability to throw energy balls primarily is used by demons. But in some cases, witches and other beings. So sometimes we may see a witch or two use them, but primarily you are correct. Demons usually use this, so that would be an indication that they're evil. But witches sometimes use. Makes more sense now. Totally. Piper and Phoebe are trying to scrying and summoning to call Paige back. Olivia's father and Richard's mother come to the manor and lead the sisters to the Calloway crypt. Having decided to end the feud as neither side wants any more death. That's a nice ending for the family, like, to come together and decide that they are going to stop this. They want to save Richard and Paige. Um, but do you notice how Piper was saying the blood to blood spell? With I, To me, she was just kind of going through the motions, like, blood to blood, I summon the blood to blood return to me. <laughs> so you're saying that's why it didn't work? I think that's why it didn't work. We didn't get the come back, bring back my sister, Prue, moment, for sure. She's like, oh, it's Paige this time. <laughs> blood to blood. Piper blasts the sarcophagus open. Olivia emerges from Paige's body, and then Piper and Phoebe prepare to banish her spirit with a potion. But Paige convinces them to stop, as while she was possessed, she felt Olivia's intense pain, while they all felt, while all they felt was her anger. Paige and Richard tried to convince Olivia to move on as the feud's over, which is something she really wanted. <laughs> this is... 
She also wanted to live. And there will be no more death. After Richard forgives her, Olivia finally moves on peacefully. Piper and Paige take the potion, and Phoebe is no longer bothered by their emotions. Once he's alone, Chris takes the same potion. Piper and Leo then talk about their current problems and agree to make the device official. So I do love that Paige was able to feel Olivia's pain and suffering while she was possessed. It was almost a callback to when Paige was possessed by the mummy and she was able to remember the spell. So I guess when you're possessed and charmed, you're kind of like there as a bystander. You're just yeah. going through the motions. I did want Olivia to say blessed be at the end since she was a former witch and <laughs> she was disappearing. <laughs> but, you know, this is all new to her. She's moving on. Maybe the next time that she comes, she stops by. And the last thing I want to say is... Damn, that potion worked fast from Chris. They didn't even get it down their throats yet. And they were like, did it work? Damn. (laughs) Okay, I guess it did. So I got to say that Chris definitely executed a very perfect plan by helping the sisters, but at the same time hiding his secrets away from the family. Because it was just a matter of time before he was going to get read even more about what's going on. So... I think it worked out, but Leo is is on his tracks and he knows what's up. He, you know, he doesn't trust him. And so everything is is an advantage to Chris and Leo is still not going to let up. But what an exe- what a well executed plan by Chris, I got to say. It all worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to point out that this is the third drama filled episode that didn't involve the sisters but then brought them into this mix because these rich ass white folks want to talk about their first world problems first it was Akate and now we've got two ghosts one a limo driver and now a freaking feud like this is why rich people cannot have nice things okay because they are just causing so much death over nothing nothing it's just hilarious i mean seriously the bigger the house the dumbest drama you've ever seen like oh my god but very very sad we learn that piper officially wants a divorce i don't know if this ever made any little kid cry having to hear this if they've had divorced parents like i I don't remember if I was in the fields at this time, but I didn't feel that there was not a point of no return at this moment. Right, for her to right. Completely separate, but you know, this is where the story's going. Let's see where it goes. And Leo just being so understanding. What happened to the fighter that we saw in episode one of this season? He is just so understanding about everything. This is one thing that I would think he would at least be like no let's try and like do something he was just like i get it let's divorce like i i didn't like that he is just so cool about all of this and actually he's not cool he's just he's too damn respectful no fight for your woman (laughs) well i think you're right rob i think that's what it is he's i think that you know what they say if you love someone enough that you'll let them go if it's not right I think it's that Leo loves her so much that if this will make Piper happy, that he's willing to do it. But God, yeah, this whole this whole thing was such a sad plot back in the day. I remember being so bummed out by this because they're the couple. They're the you know they've been together for since season one. So 
it's a hard thing for to, for people to see. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that concludes our episode of Loves a Witch. Uh, what did you think about this rewatch? I love this episode. I guess I'll be three for three now every time I say that I love this episode. I didn't know I like season six so much. But Loves a Witch actually is one of the episodes that always did stand out to me on rewatches because, like you mentioned earlier, it's a ghost plot which we've done before, and I always think that calls back to the original incarnation of Charmed and one of the basic plots, ghosts. Yeah, yeah, I, I did like a lot of the effects that were done in this episode. The levitation while Piper's vacuuming I thought was a really cool look. I think Olivia's ghost looked pretty cool as well. And Her hair was so, fierce, blowing yeah, around like crazy, yeah. yes. I, I can't say this is one that I look forward to watching, but I did not have a bad time watching this episode. And there were a couple of laugh out loud moments for me too. Uh, Phoebe definitely contributed to some of that. So um, yeah, not a bad episode. So a couple of notes that I have for this that I found very interesting. So we talked about the use of the same location as Quake. That same restaurant is actually used in a different show. The name of the restaurant is called Cafe Le Bleu, which is used in the show Spin City with Michael J. Oh Fox. my God, yeah, you <laughs> damn, okay, yes, I remember that show. Is that a real restaurant, Rob? I don't know. That's something I'll have to look up. I'm, I Ooh, would maybe be somewhere surprised you could if go. it is. Maybe. Another location for you. <laughs> also, so on the very first edition of this season six DVDs, right? This particular episode was actually missing. And it was what? listed on Yeah, this was listed on the menu, but they had to do recalls of this where consumers could trade this in as their bad copy and get the one DVD disc that had this actual episode on it. So this one missed the bunch. Rob, I am feeling so upset right now as someone who has bought not only that damn Book of Shadows one after individually buying each season. I had no idea this whole time my season six DVD is missing this episode. But I don't, I'm I'm not sure if it was the entire stock. Like, I think this just oh, happened okay. with certain selected ones. So you may or may not have had this mistake, but yeah, that was a thing. Can you imagine <laughs> putting know, it on I and know. you're like, oh my God, the episode's gone. <laughs> the episode title is a play on the phrase Lo loves a bitch or life's or pay like loves a bitch or life's a bitch or payback's a bitch. So it's just a play on that. And of course, the whole entire theme of this episode and outline is very, very similar to the Romeo and Juliet story. Even down to the names, Montana, Calloway, Montague, Capulet. They definitely did a Romeo and Juliet thing with this one. All right, it is time for another Hot Man Meter. All right, we have a list of men to go through. Ryan, help me out here. What do we think about Bethazar, Getty, Richard, Montana? Did you love Richard in his first appearance? Oh, yes. I did. And he is definitely going on the hot man meter. Him He's and his going little on cute your eyebrow scar. <laughs> okay, awesome. Do you happen to know where you're going to place him or he's just going on your list for now? Well, I am moving Mr. Kip Martin Jack from last week down to six. And I am putting Richard Balthazar Getty as my number five. 
Very cool. Very cool. So I am contemplating this, but I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to add him. I I honestly thought that I was going to add him, but he's no, he's just not that hot enough to make the list. But Richard is a very handsome fellow. How about Mr. James Calloway? Uh, this is played by James Satorius. Does the Calloway father make your list? This daddy does not, unfortunately. But rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pass on Father Calloway as well. How about Piper's Date? This is played by Michael Moni or Muni or Muhu Muni. Mahoney? Mahoney. Muni. So this is Seth. The guy from the Weeds. From the Weeds. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Not from the weeds. So this gentleman actually played Adam Newman on Young and the Restless for a while. So that's Ooh. where I know him from. He is very familiar. I just thought he was from the other show. But does Seth make your list? Not a bad looking man by any means, but... Yeah, I think for season six, I'm I'm wanting to add just a little dash of spice to my men. So I'm going to pass on Seth as well. But then we have Carl. So Carl, played by Daniel Hagen. What do you think about Carl? No, Carl does not make my list. I'm going to pass on Carl as well for throwing that cheap shot at Paige. Not a fan. Then we have our sorcerer. This is played by Mako, our potion sorcerer. Does Mako do it for you? While this actor is very talented, and I believed him as a sorcerer, he does not... Make my hot man meter, Rob. I'm going to pass on him as well. So, J. Michael Flynn as Benjamin Montana. This is Father Montana. What do you think about this gentleman? Does he make your top ten list? Now, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-older gentleman, because I'm not by any means. But no, no, this, this man does not make my list either, Rob. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, he's not making mine either. I wasn't digging the dad in this episode. But how about Richard's brother? This is Steve Montana, played by David Green. This is the guy, this is the one who killed Olivia by accident and kept it from the family. I have eyes for only one Montana. I only have eyes for one Montana, and that is freaking Steve Montana. I think he is super cute. Oh my god. I found him to be the cuter brother. He is going on my list. I, I thought. Whoa. I think Steve is super cute. Oh, so then we could we could do like a, a double date with the brothers, then the Richard and, and the brothers Montana. So Steve Montana is going above the perp from the first episode, but right under Daryl, putting him at my number five out of six hot men. All right, so that is going to do it for Hot Man Meter. Remember, I hope you guys are all keeping a list of your own. If this is your first season with Brunch with the Hollowells, what we do is uh, keep a list of top 10 of the hottest men of the current season. I will be asking you to email me your list of top 10, and then I will put all of your choices together to make a Hot Man Meter for all Charmies put together. So make sure to keep your list updated. Now, it's time for MVP. All right, did you happen to pick an MVP for this episode? 
while I would have picked Paige because I love her and she does help, want to help the, the families in this, I think I'm going to give it to Chris. Now, remember, you don't have to have an MVP if you don't want one. If nobody stood out and, and you know, you want to praise true. Them. Okay, you know, honestly, no one stood out. I loved everyone in this episode, really. Like, I, I, I love Phoebe. I loved Phoebe moments. But, yeah, I wouldn't say that anyone really stood out over the other. All right, and that's fair because I'm actually going to agree. I am not picking MVP. That doesn't say anything about who they are or the episode or whatever it's just yeah nobody really stood out to really be praised in this episode they just all did what they were supposed to do so no mvp for me womp womp but how about the play of the week what do you think the big play was in this episode definitely chris's potion for the girls i feel like Getting it to them, having Leo give it to them, and then getting it back himself to to cover up his track. So, well done, Mister Mister Perry, Chris Perry. All right, I am. It's it's such a small moment, but I'm actually going to give the play of the week to Paige for orbing an apple into Phoebe's mouth <laughs> and shutting her up. I really like that. I just thought that was funny. It's one of the great charmed gifts as well that they're in use on the internets. the interwebs all right so ryan i want to do another charmy spotlight for this episode we actually got someone to answer all of our charmed uh brunch with the hollowells uh spotlight questions and this time it's actually done in audio someone send us the answers to our questions in audio form. So let's listen to what Ryan L. Terry had to say regarding our Brunch with the Hollowell spotlight questions in our segment. Charmy Confessions. Hi, Brunch with the Hollowells. This is Ryan L. Terry. I'm a Virgo. I live in Tampa. And I'm so glad to uh, have the opportunity to, to share what I love about Charmed and Brunch with the Hollowells with your listeners today. Thank you for the couple of episodes that I've been able to be on. It was a chick flick and then Size Matters, uh, two wonderful episodes that mean a lot to me because of my love of movies and horror and I just uh, love listening to the show as well as we all do. We, we all love coming together for brunch every week. I certainly look forward to it. I'm usually listening to the show on my way to or from Universal on Sundays. Uh, that's, uh, that's where I love to hang out. And so I love how Charm gets to be part of my drive over to the park or back home. My favorite Charm sister is definitely Prue. In fact, I have a Team Prue button on my backpack. So when I go to work, I can just rock uh, my love of the show. And I love sharing the show with anybody who expresses any interest in Charm, whether that is guys I happen to talk to on Grinder or Hinge who mentioned Charmed. I'm like, dude, you have to listen to Brunch with the Hollowells. Or people will see the button on my backpack or just uh, conversations I have. But I love connecting people with the show in hopes that it brings them as much happiness as it does me. 
So if you don't have any of the Brunch with the Hollowells buttons, definitely pick yours up and uh, pick your favorite sister. You know, mine happens to be Prue. I think it's because I see a lot of myself in Prue. And I find that I'm drawn to uh, her character and how she processes things and her reaction and her behavior. So uh, perhaps Prue is a Virgo too. Um, I don't know. Do we know that? I'm not sure if we ever had a uh, Prue birthday episode. My favorite episode out of the whole series is one of the episodes I mentioned earlier. My favorite episode out of the whole series is Chick Flick. Uh, Chick Flick is so much fun. It often seems to be a favorite, you know, among many Charmed fans. And I love it because it's all about the movies. And the movie that Phoebe's watching makes appearances and the uh, the main character. So we've got some great continuity there. And it's a nice uh, you kind of throwback to classic horror. And we have some really fun Easter eggs in there. And that's one of the reasons why I like Size Matters, because we've got the great Robert England in that one. So that's probably a, probably a number two for me. How has Charmed affected my life in any way? This is an interesting question because I don't really think... The show itself, you know, affected my life in any great way. Oh, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I enjoy watching it. Uh, my sister and I watched together, and, and I think we started watching it in um, you know, reruns, and then eventually uh, we got caught up to where the show was current. Um, but I think how Charms affected me the most is through this show and through the friendships that I've been able to develop with Rob and um, former co-host Sean. And they really are a part of my life every Sunday. I you know, love the conversations that we're uh, you know that we've had you know, over the months and years at this point, just through uh, DMs on Twitter or Instagram. And and although we've never met before, I hope we get to meet one day. Um, but if not, I'm still very thankful to have uh, friends in Rob and Sean. And, you know, I do hope we have the opportunity to meet together. Discovering the show uh, was really a spinoff of Movie Geek and Proud. I, I don't think Brunch with the Hollowells was mentioned on Movie Geek and Proud, Rob's other show. But I want to say that it showed up in my Twitter feed and I was like, oh, great, a charm podcast. I'm going to listen to that. And the voices sounded so familiar. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And this is their other show. And I want to say I've been listening since episode, the very first episode. Uh, so it's been a part of my life for that long. That's, uh, you, know, um, you know, my um, answer to the little questionnaire that Rob sent me. And I appreciate him giving me the opportunity to share. And uh, I am single in case anybody's looking. Uh, <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, I'm re really, um, really happy to get to share. And I, and I love hearing from uh, all the different Charm fans that... Um, you know, they get to you know, talk about the show um, on Brunch with the Hollowells. Oh, and real quick, if you happen to like sitcoms, you may just want to check out my audio sitcom, Forza Crowd. You can find it at Forza Crowd Pod on Twitter or any of your podcatchers of choice. Ryan, thank you so much for sending that in. Uh, that was wonderful. Ryan, so you looked up Prue's birthday. Let's confirm if she's a Virgo or not. When is her birthday? Yes, so... I had a feeling it was this, so she was born October 28th. She's a Scorpio. Ah, okay. She's a Scorpio. But I feel like they never really, honestly, they don't fit their star signs because I always say Phoebe is totally a Libra. 
No, she's not one either. I believe she's also a Scorpio or something like I think everyone's born in October and November in this family. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I I know Ryan L. Terry outside of the podcast, even though, yes, he said we've never met before, but he has been a follower of Movie Geek and Proud for a very long time. And so just being a part of that podcast sort of circle um, on Twitter and such, it it definitely would have crossed paths with him to find out about Brunch of the Hollowells during that. You can't get away from your Ryans on this show, by the way. His Ryan sitcom sounds really interesting. Like a, a podcast sitcom? That's a great idea. I actually heard a couple of episodes of this and it, it's very 90s. It's super old school. I think that you would appreciate it for sure. So yeah, definitely give it a listen. Laugh track. Called- <laughs> exactly yes it's called four is a crowd like all the hijinks the misunderstandings all of that stuff that you notice from back in the it's all in there and it's 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 not like a one-man show where it's just him playing all the characters like there's a full-blown cast on this so it no it's pretty it's pretty good well that'll do it for our charmy spotlight and thank you for listening to charmy confession So that is going to do it for our episode. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Brunch with the Hollowells. Next week on Charmed, My Three Witches. Do you have any idea what this episode's about? Because I'm drawing a blank. I compl- I have no idea what this episode's about by the, by the name. No, not at all. <laughs> and I rewatch this show all the time and I still can't remember what the hell is it, what this is. So it looks like the both of us will have a big surprise ahead of us when we recap My Three Witches for next Sunday brunch. Everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and tune in next week for an all new episode. Goodbye, Charmies. Goodbye. Sunday on the WB. It's the Charmed One's Fantasies in the Flesh. Call me butter, because I'm on a roll. A stay-at-home mom, a full-time witch, a TV star. Are you offering me the world? Wait, there's this other fantasy. My bedroom's free. <laughs> Charmed Fantasies in the Flesh. Next Sunday on the WB.